Through the Pages, your bookish podcast where we read classics and ramble on about them in an attempt to make them more approachable. We'll chat about our thoughts, feelings, struggles and successes as we read our way through piles of books that people say you should have read. And also the classics that many people don't tell you about. Every week we tackle a new book and we invite you to listen and read along. Read along, baby, yeah! <laughs> Every week you should read along if you haven't been reading along. Shame what are you on doing? you. Shame on you. Read along with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, actually, I think for this week, I think it might be the case that a lot of people have already read this book yeah i think so too uh, um because a lot of people that i've mentioned to well i mean not a lot of people but some people that i've mentioned to that i'm reading 1984 for this week were like oh interesting that you haven't read it yet because i think that really is a, a staple in a lot of i don't know school classes and i think it's in all of those classics lists um i think it's one that is always a very popular one that's true the the one that people have told me they've read more is animal farm or like i know more people that have read animal farm than 1984 i think that's just because it's shorter and people are less. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i get it i'm yeah say. which is which is very i haven't read animal farm either which is kind no. of awful but me neither yeah. me neither but i think yeah so i think for both of us this is our first all well mm-hmm. experience good old george um and yeah i think we can jump right in i think so too Um, i don't think there is a lot of uh introduction needed for this one it was written or published in 1949 uh, just as a historic context do you want to start with the one sentence summary yes yeah i scribbled it down just before we started our call let me check okay For the one-sentence summary of 1984, which don't compare it with any other of the summaries because I think lots of studies and analyses about this book have been made. This is my humble attempt. It's very short. It says, A dystopian story about a totalitarian world um, structured by surveillance and censorship. Perfect. That's literally all you need to know, really. I think, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I think that's also what I already knew about the story before going in. Because I feel like 1984 is one of those books that, like in our case, even if you haven't read it, you have some sort of idea of what it is about, just because it, I feel like it's one that is talked about a lot, especially, I feel like 1984 is one of those books that it always pops up in articles and conversations about literature where it's like oh it's one of those books that is so timely and relevant even though it was written over 60 years ago um so I feel like you have a sort of sense of what it is about and sort of the political aspect of it how it still resonates um and yeah but still I feel like that is the the main sort of structure of the book and what at its core it is about so maybe shall we introduce like the main kind of the story's hero or main character that is Yeah, no, I actually I actually wanted to ask you a question before oh, yeah. that cuz like I wanted to ask you what your sort of what your first thought or feeling was when you'd finished it. Or what was your first I don't know, takeaway 
or even during reading it um i think like when i finished it i was very happy with how it finished not because of like it's not a happy ending in any way shape or form but i was happy that it didn't take a happy ending and that it wasn't like romanticized and it wasn't a story of taking down a whole state and kind of restructuring a state but it was just kind of the reality of this controlled state that is above every other power that there is and that it's impossible to take down and that in the end even if you have this kind of inkling of being a, like a rebel you will still be kind of eaten by the system and I think for how the whole book was structured for how intense the totalitarian state was I think it was the perfect ending because it just made sense anything else would have been like unrealistic in a way which is awful like thinking like that but it just kind of while I was reading the book it was very like it just felt limiting and it was like okay no one's ever gonna win against this and in the end he didn't or they didn't and that kind of was like a a satisfying ending in a like obviously horrible way but I was yeah it, it like made sense and left me also kind of like, not anxious, but it was like a little bit like this weird feeling where you think, oh, like this could be even possible. Like this is a this is a possibility. And yeah, so that was a bit like disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> disgusting is the perfect word. Now, just because this was one I mentioned that to you before that I, I didn't have loads of time to read this week. So I crammed it into the weekend. We're recording this on a Sunday evening and I read it yesterday and today. So it was really crammed into two days and it was a very intense experience because I sat on it for longer periods of time, which was actually really good because I really got into the story and didn't have a lot of interruption. Um, and I think... I also have to say, out of all the classics that we've read until now, one of the most readable ones. Definitely. I thought, bef when I started, also because of the time, I don't know, deadline of recording this, I was it was quite daunting because I thought oh, it's actually quite big. But actually, compared to other books that we've read that have been shorter, it was an easier read in terms of h how the story f sort of flowed. It was very readable, very engaging, um, which I thought was surprising for a 1949 novel, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, it do definitely does read more like something a lot more contemporary. And, definitely. And not just because of the topic, but because mm -hmm. of how actually it was written. And I, I'd agree that it was definitely the most like enjoyable in terms of reading experience or the one that felt most like a leisure read of all of yes. the novels that we've read up to now. Yeah, and yeah, I think that has to do with the language because if I hadn't known it was written in the or late 40s, I could have easily, I would have easily guessed based on Orwell's writing could have been written actually in the, in the 60s, 70s, 80s. It could be a novel that was published very recently as well. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Which I thought is very interesting. Um, but yeah, sort of based on the whole uh longer reading experience that I've had over the last two days I felt very in the story and it was very harrowing it was very I don't know it was that thing of it being a bit 
hitting home a bit too closely I think because I made the mistake of when I finished it I quickly checked the news and I was like oh oh, (laughs) what's this 1984 coming alive and reality um so yeah it was that sort of thing where at the end I felt a bit brainwashed if that's I don't I'm not sure if that's the right word but definitely a bit too hooked in the story and I think one of the main takeaways that I have from the book is just um not just the writing that is super engaging but the whole way Orwell has structured and invented a new world yeah and I think we can go into detail a bit more about that later but again connected to the language and a new language in particular but the whole structure of a a new world of the state of the countries um that I thought was just very very believable yes yes um yeah and I have to say surprisingly it's in some moments it reminded me quite a bit of our reading a few weeks ago of the trial yeah Uh, yeah I had a very very similar like cityscape in my head when I was picturing everything it was kind of the same imagery very dark very gray very like Mm -hmm. monotonous everything is a bit odd and strange and how it shouldn't be and yeah that's very very true yeah I had the same uh, sort of off feeling Mm -hmm. of something always being a bit off everything being gray and we have a very similar I'd say um protagonist yeah in the sense of it's 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 a guy he's like in his 30s late 30s and that a bit like I imagine him to be a bit hunched over a little bit you know one one that would get lost in the crowd but also these moments that seemed so completely absurd and surreal Mm -hmm. where I was like (laughs) this is like the trial in the sense of that you get that weird distorted feeling of oh this is reality but why is it reality and Mm -hmm. people acting in a way that are not in any is not in any way understandable or emotional or rational even yeah yeah I think also the one scene with uh, at the very beginning with like the 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 two minutes of hate like that scene Mm -hmm. where everyone was like it was kind of this weird mob mentality and everyone was getting riled up really reminded me as well of the like the courthouse scene in uh, the trial when Mm -hmm. he goes and then everyone's there and it's just like this weird negative feeling that kind of comes out of everyone and how everyone's just kind of taken with the flow and I think also the whole thing of like you just do the stuff without knowing why you're doing it and it's kind mm-hmm. of this whole thing of like nobody really knows what's going on but everyone just goes along with it because that's how it is and yeah which again is this kind of like weird loss of control that while reading you also kind of felt like this because you're like oh god mm-hmm. this is just awful should we go into sort of rough uh the rough structure and people and sort of yeah the core of the book yeah. i don't want to go into too much i don't know the plot in of itself because I think people will know, but I think we can talk about the overall themes and, you know, some very key scenes, because I think that the plot actually, maybe that's also why it is so readable. The plot can be structured very easily. I think it's very, it's very um, cinematic in a way. The book starts with the main kind of protagonist, Winston Smith, who, as you said, is a guy in his uh, like late 30s and he is working for the state he works in one of the um the state buildings ministries. ministries thank you 
and he like kind of his introduction also introduces you to the whole like state structure which I thought was quite a good way of doing mm-hmm. it. So it was like world building and kind of character introduction all in one, uh, which I thought was a very good way of introducing the whole concept because it was like a first hand account almost of how everything is. And yeah, so basically the world is just like in this totalitarian, completely surveilled state where you have like everything is structured. You're not allowed to like do anything, have any relationships or like do anything that hasn't been kind of approved or ordered by the state and you can't escape from anything because even like in your apartment you have a television with the big brother guy on it um, that kind of always watches you, you're not allowed to turn off that TV and it's just like an extremely surveilled state and there are a lot of things that you're not allowed to do which includes writing and reading anything and uh protagonist uh winston he finds like a an area in his apartment that is kind of away or like isn't within the surveillance reach so it's like a blind corner uh in which he goes to like write in his journal and even though he knows that he could probably be executed for it or like be sent to a labor camp for that because you're right because there is also something that's called the think police the kind of if you if they realize you're like up to something they'll just come and get you (laughs) and then yeah that's bad news and um he kind of also in like within his work he starts describing different people and amongst which is this guy (coughs) Um, that is called O'Brien and he is um, like within the ministry that he works in he's like a higher up person but Winston has got this feeling that him and O'Brien are kind of on the same wavelength and that O'Brien might also be one that isn't like entirely inside this whole like brainwashed state yet but he's more of like a rebellious um, character within this whole story as well and Then we also get introduced to Julia, which is like a very, very beautiful woman uh, that Winston sees also at his work and that he's like kind of interested in, but also not. And it's like this whole weird, I've like underlined some passages there that are just like sexism at its best. And it was terrible, (laughs) like the way it was described, how he like kind of hates women, but then he's like still like weirdly infatuated by her. Attracted. Yeah, it's just like awful. That whole part was like no freaking thanks and the whole kind of plot gets kick-started when he gets a note from her she kind of slips him a note on which it says i love you where he then realizes oh she actually like is in love with me as well which i was also like how does that really work because they have never talked because you're not allowed to pursue these things and yeah and i think that moment when uh it comes to the part where the note says i love you i think that was the biggest surprise yeah like when yeah. I that I've had ever reading a book because I was expecting everything. everything literally everything on the whole board like yeah, yeah. like meet me uh, join the rebellion yes. but not I love you yeah that is such a I mean that was really a, a good moment in the story of sort of taking you completely aback mm-hmm. um but it's interesting what you said with the whole um you know interest in women and sexuality because um it's very clear from the very start of the book how this new 
order of how the world is shaped or has been shaped um, completely invades everything from the political to the personal and from the public to the private. Um, so this big brother figure that you mentioned, um, it never becomes clear if it actually is an actual person or if it's just sort of the personalization of the party. Um, and the party uh, is basically just the ruling party that um, rules this uh, totalitarian state uh, and world. When I imagine um, Big Brother just as a little insert, I always pictured Stalin. <laughs> Which is yeah, kind of like, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He might have it, it gotten is, his inspiration from that, to be fair. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I thought it was very interesting because um, sometimes then we get uh, some information about, or the reader gets some information about how uh, the world has come to this in the year 1984. Um, and how this state even came to be. Um, and it, it's very clear that it's sort of... Because uh, it was written in forty nine, directly after the Second World War. For me, it was very clear sort of uh, an, a different turn after the Second World War. Sort of, as, sort of that being the dystopian aspect of it in the sense of um, what if yeah. things had taken a different turn... What if there had been more atomic bombs, etc., and this then leading to uh, the forming of that new world order in the in the late forties, beginning of early fifties? Um, so that was, I think, the harrowing part because it came from an origin of oh, that could have been possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think you, as a reader, you get that from the very, very start, from the very first page. Um, and that uh, feeling of yeah, being... Like, yeah, making sense that, like, in... I mean, from 48 till 84, it would have been, like, more or less 40 years. So it, mm -hmm. it kind of would, like, make sense that in 40 years you could reach that point if, like, just something yeah. had slipped up after the Second World War and then 40 years later you're there. So, it yeah, like, world-building-wise, mm -hmm. it's logical. Or, like... Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and... I think something that I want to mention is uh, the slogan that uh, the party has and that, I don't know, are sort of the, the guidelines for the entire state. And that is, I quote, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. And that are the building bricks uh, of the whole world that we read of. And it's the, the building bricks for the whole story in of itself. Um, and connected to that, you mentioned the ministry that Winston works for. And that also, again, that is so clever how Orwell has built this because it's, it's really realistic in a way. Um, all of those different, uh, ministries and, uh, this, you know, those offices and how, who is responsible for what, etc. So we have the ministry of truth which deals with news, entertainment, education, literature, um, Ministry of Peace, which concerns itself with war, Ministry of Love, uh, which maintains law and order, and then the Ministry of Plenty, which is responsible for like economics and food. It's just like the paradox within these and like the 
what the ministries are called and what they are responsible for, kind of similar to the like the slogan or the like the yeah this part uh, the party slogan, I think is very like very telling and also at the same time very telling of like the society the kind of everyone's so far gone that they probably like don't even know the like the actual meaning of like war and peace but that that's like all like meddled into one and the same with like ignorance and strength and freedom and slavery how like the people are so far gone as well within the whole society because they have been brainwashed and they have been under this like ridiculous pressure and kind of obviously terror to be killed if you do something outside of this box that they have kind of just started accepting this weird like paradox and those opposites that don't yeah. really make any sense yeah and something that is also the case in uh the whole world is that the world clearly after the second world war uh, in this fictional um world now has been split into three different parts so there's oceania oceania i don't want i don't know how to pronounce that that's basically the area that winston lives in that would encapsulate i think the britain and large part of europe then there's eurasia and east asia um which is russia and then china um Oh yeah, and the uh, Northern America also belonging to that Oceania, uh, that that one. Oceania, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, Oceania, Oceana, who knows? It's an ocean, and then <laughs> and then other it's letters, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the world has been split completely differently, and some some parts of these three parts are always in war, at war with each other, constantly. Um, so that is the premise of the whole story. And um, again, I really want to also talk about some of the uh, elements that are introduced in that world building. Because I think the, the story, like the plot is really interesting and you really want to follow it. But I think the thing that gives this book, makes this book so interesting is all of these elements of the world building where you're like, oh, this rings so true. You know, so one part of that is, for example, the invention and development of a new language in the what part of the world that Winston lives in, which is called um, and new speak, which is also yeah. very like it's just everything is like so kind of like so clearly made up that it is like even more kind of in a way frustrating and astonishing that like everything just adheres to these like pseudo rules now because mm -hmm. clearly someone was behind it that like didn't have a bit of fantasy which obviously kind of like goes into that that there is like no thinking is allowed so everything is just like as flat as possible yeah exactly yeah. and i think yeah that's the 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 goal of the whole party and that regime is that basically to take any joy anything human from people and to make things as rule-based and effective as possible um and you know definitely i mean it is a dystopian novel for a reason there are elements in the story all of these elements that are definitely based on things that have happened in the past of history and are also still happening yeah 
I think one one of the things that also goes into this is at the very beginning, and I know that I've like underlined it, but I can't find it anymore. I've got it on like one of my post-it notes. <laughs> is um where <laughs> in whole in like the whole connection to the thought police, um it also says that there is like there are no laws and that like. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously like so contradictory and just kind of shows where there are no laws, but you can obviously still get like arrested and executed for like anything basically that doesn't adhere to like the party rules. So it's this like weird world where you as an individual don't have any power because there are no laws, and like that obviously will like bounce off the the individual way worse than like of. A totalitarian government that they can just say well you've done this and like based on whatever we're gonna like i don't know arrest you now but you don't hold anything in your own power against them so it's just mm-hmm. kind of this like weird empty playing field but that is like full of these bizarre rules and you can't do anything about it because there are no laws that could protect you as an individual and i thought that that was like very very terrifying <laughs> Yeah, and also the the randomness of what something that could happen to you and connected to that throughout the story, I thought it there was so much detailed violence in the story too that quite shocked me at times. I mean, it was really good it was in there because it was, you know, necessary and clearly tied to that regime, but still reading it, it's very graphic at times. Yeah. Um like the whole and- the whole like torture scenes of Winston and stuff at the end and with like the whole rat eating face stuff it was just like when I was reading it I also again didn't expect that like in any way so it was while I was reading it I was like whoa this is like very heavy and yeah like very graphic it was just yeah very explicit and something that I I didn't expect but I know that like also again I mean at the beginning of the book I was a lot more like like highlighter crazy so (laughs) that's why I've like highlighted loads at the beginning as well where and actually I didn't highlight that I just put like a huge like open bracket next to it and wrote what the fuck when like yeah I don't know if you can see this but it just says WTF when he's like within that weird like hate um like two minutes of hate and then Mm -hmm. he was kind of um he was like he felt like he was starting to like get overwhelmed by this hate and kind of like taken with the hate and then that's when he I think he saw Julia for the first time and then he just kind of started like vividly imagining like really brutal crap that he would be doing to like that woman with the dark hair Mm. and it was just like this whole paragraph of just awful and it was like, it was so, and that's when I kind of started hating him because it was just like, at the beginning, he was this like very scared guy that kind of like mixed like within the crowd. And then suddenly it was just like very violent. And then I was like, oh yeah, okay. This is uh, going into a direction that I didn't expect. So yeah. Yeah. No, but reading it, I think those passages were really difficult. Also the torture scenes and, but not even... I mean, reading those scenes were really tough, but I think almost worse were the bits in between where you didn't know when it would escalate. You know, that sort of thing of that randomness of you never really know if someone is going to, you know, um, know you did something wrong. Because you mentioned that thought police before, where basically anything that you could do, even the smallest thing, could be used against you. Everything is, like you're being surveilled 
24-7 all of the time and the regime is always watching you and those moments and that stressful aspect of Winston describing that you have to constantly wear a mask when you're out and about or even when you're home because via that teleprompter um, they can watch you constantly which I thought like this was written in 1949 we all have screen screens in our house now you know so I mean that was before or maybe just when TVs were coming into homes on a you know into everyday or like normal homes and before the internet and smartphones and all of that stuff so you know again dystopia in a very interesting way and a very accurate way I think um but yeah so that idea that everyone is watching you constantly and even I don't know a wrong look or you know letting down your guard for just a second could expose you and expose you as someone who is thinking against the regime um etc so I think those moments stressed me almost more than the really I mean, yeah, again, the violent scenes were really terrible to read. But I think that sort of underlying anxiety of never really knowing who's watching, who isn't. Yeah, yeah. Who's, that was really stressful. Because I think that that's also really to kind of the stress that would be, like, would be your actual everyday stress because you don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you don't know if, like, maybe you just have, like, are doing something normal in your apartment but someone on the other end of the screen perceives it as something dodgy and then you'll just be taken away and it's this whole thing of like not being able to control anything because it's just yeah as you said also so random and Mm -hmm. impossible to like behave in a certain way because you don't really know how to behave in the end exactly yeah and then also um I think violence being very, very normalized in general mm-hmm. in within that new world um, where, you know, people, they talk about people being executed on a regular basis and it almost being a public spectacle that families go to with kids yeah. and kids are like, yeah, yeah, I want to see the hanging, all of those things. Um, and kids throughout the books are the actual worst. Can we talk about that? Because basically so much of this, and also of that stress of maybe being found out really reminded me of accounts of, you know, people living through, I don't know, Nazi Germany, for example, of that thing of having to lead double lives, spies exposing, uh, I don't know, family members, neighbors, all of those things, or I don't know, you know, like Stasi Germany, um, all of that thing of people spying on each other, you not really know who to trust never letting down your guard, all of that stuff. And then even kids, there's this thing of that is described of kids already being, you know, in a sort of youth um, army that is very reminiscent of, you know, the Hitler youth um, and kids already being drilled to, you know, expose their parents, for example, if they were to say something wrong within their own flat, all of those things that are just... Just freaking, that, yeah, that was awful. And which is also why, like, throughout the whole book or when when then um what you call julia and winston decide to kind of confide into brian and o'brien and like tell him about their love and their kind of doubts about the regime and everything i thought that was such an odd move because Mm -hmm. like especially because o'brien is someone like within the ministry that works like even higher up so it seems like 
logically the last person you'd ever go to with like doubts about the regime that he's like clearly working for in quite an efficient way because he's like higher up mm-hmm. so it's like yeah I, I think like the whole thing about like Julia like trusting Winston was made more sense because they were kind of on the same level and both were mm-hmm. kind of un- like oppressed by the regime in the same way but then O'Brien was on a different scale kind of and just because Winston like kind of looked at him and thought they had like exchanged looks and he was like yeah he's my man (laughs) it was like (laughs) like quite going out on a limb considering the consequences yeah 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 that is true I yeah it was um, because basically that is the the sort of starting point for everything to like the whole escalation starting because then when Winston and Julia want to join the rebellion and, you know, revolting against the regime. And Winston thinks that O'Brien works for that underground um, movement that nobody really knows of, but it's talked about and it's called the Brotherhood of maybe people working underground against the regime. But it's never really confirmed if that actually exists. Um, But yeah, I thought the same thing of... uh, But maybe it's again a sign of, you know, how you really can't trust anyone and you have to make those life-changing decisions based on the exchange of one look or you know oh maybe we have a mutual understanding but again it's just I mean maybe shows the desperation too of wanting to change something but yeah that was a very stupid move (laughs) from the character's point of view because you know that is basically what doomed them um because O'Brien clearly does not work for any underground um, movement, but is very, very, very embedded in the highest parts of the party and that inner circle of the party. And then leads to Julia and Winston being captured and tortured and brainwashed. Um, and I think one point that also stuck with me the most is... Um, the whole approach to history in the yeah, regime itself. Yeah. Which is actually Winston's a- job. Yeah, yeah, that is Winston's yeah. job of rewriting history and history not being something that is set in stone that we learn looking at the past, but history being something in flux that is constantly adjusted, people being invented, people being erased from history. So I've got a really good quote here um, about that that says, Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street and building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And that process is continuing day by day and minute per minute. History has stopped. Nothing except an endless present in which the party is always right. And I think that sums it up so neatly of, you know, history being falsified and completely changed and how you can I think something that is a a, like overarching theme in the whole story is um the regime creating its own reality and how even something that is not correct basically that thing of if you imagine it something to be in a way it will be real yeah yeah but not in a positive way of, oh, if you can imagine, <laughs> yeah. you can do it, you, you can. No, it's like, the opposite. if you, yeah, it's in a, in a very negative way of like, if you think something is a certain way, it will be that way. Yeah. And if the regime says that, that's the way it is. I mean, which kind um, of like also, again, goes into, 
I mean, it's, it's also something where you kind of like understand how then it would be so much more difficult to get out of a regime like that or to kind of like muster up your own thoughts to be able to kind of overthrow a regime like that because you obviously think that that's reliable information and you think mm -hmm. that, you know, something has gone a certain way and kind of then makes sense of, oh, so it makes sense that we're living like this now. But it's just everything is not true. And I think, like, obviously, like, kind of goes into the whole thing also with, uh, like, book burning during the Second World War and yeah. that stuff. But also, like, in our current history books and, you know, like, kind of also on the topic of everything that's been going on with, like, how whitewashed our history books are and how, like, just mm -hmm. whole, like, minorities completely get cut out of like anything history related and there were kind of we have just yeah just completely whitewashed our history where you know it's like factually it's true but you still like take out a whole part which you then are mm -hmm. not aware of and then you're obviously not aware of how important that cut out part was so you kind of grow up with this half knowledge that is almost like yeah it's a bit like a white lie where you just don't tell part of the story but it's still a lie because it doesn't give you the whole image yeah and you omit stuff yeah from it yeah yeah and i mean the whole thing of rewriting history and rewriting news which is winston's job mm -hmm. basically he gets daily he gets articles fed through to his desk and then he has to change them in a way that will fit you know regime communications and i mean this is fake news yeah i yeah. mean Literally, that is exactly yeah. what it is. It is literally fake news. And it's that thing that we see in today's media of, you know, uh, reports and articles being miscredited or discredited and said, um, this is not true. And also that thing of, I mean, I feel like we have to mention this in Trump's America of 2016 to 2020 now, that whole dialogue and discourse of, if I say something is a certain way, it just is. And that idea of, you know, um, yeah, if I imagine it to be a certain way, it will be. That is very much reflected in this regime idea of if we say something is a certain way and this is true, you just have to believe it's yeah. true. It's kind of like, um, yeah, making, making a statement and just because you made it, that's like, that's what it is. It's, yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, like basically all of Trump's Twitter and everything is just statement after statement without it being based on anything but his own brain or lack yeah. thereof. <laughs> and <laughs> Very much lack thereof. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, but exactly that, where I thought that is absolutely crazy of, you know, erasing certain parts of yeah i feel like so much that has been hap going on in news in the last month i think it's so good that we read this book right now because you know it's always been called the timely book but i mean this almost read you know like an account from that could have been possible almost um because yeah again it's um it's that thing of nothing really being incorporated to this world where you think this is a horrendous world, this is terrible, this couldn't be true. But you you knowing all of this, I've read about all of these things at one point in a history book, you know, even the 
the regime having forced labor camps for for you know prisoners that they don't execute are you like i mean yeah 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 because i i think it, it was this mix of being like a dystopian novel but like the degree of dystopia was like kind of just right because i think like after the hunger games came out i read like a fair share of dystopian stuff because that's kind of when i discovered that um that genre and everything that i had read was like so kind of far off i mean the hunger games is still like something that you know is kind of it's like also i mean for the time again this was also futuristic with like the whole tvs and everything but like all the dystopia that i've read was like so kind of far off or not that far off but like so far gone that i thought okay this is like clearly dystopia whereas this reads like almost like a cautionary tale which is absolutely yeah 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 and i think that's what made this or yeah kind of has probably propelled this book to be always like more and more relevant as time has gone on and i feel like like different parts have been relevant throughout like different time periods i think with like the whole like digitalization maybe of like the early 2000s people were like more concerned about the whole like surveillance part of it while now it seems to be more on like the actual like human rights part of it like which obviously they Mm -hmm. tie together very much but i think like there is a different focus in like each kind of decade that we go into is like the the focus kind of shifts on the different elements of this Mm -hmm. book which i also think is very like creepy and fascinating how in like 49 48 49 he could write something like that that's crazy like i i find it yeah i think that's very remarkable yeah it was it was like he was just writing a dystopian novel that was actually going to describe the future at one point you know obviously we're not saying that this is this book is what is happening right now but we're just saying that there are so many elements that have truth in it and that are happening in a certain way today that are just completely scary i mean what else is the whole randomness of being you know for example, Winston describes how, you know, if you are suspected of having done a thought crime, um, meaning that you have said something against the regime or thought something against the regime, uh, they come in the night and, you know, just um, get you and, I don't know, execute you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else is this or the randomness of being, you know, executed or you know, the individual not having any power over what is happening to them, not having a fair, you know, trial or anything. What else is this than, you know, what is happening with police forces and people of colour? You know, that is exactly the randomness of what is happening right now and what we're reading in news. And yeah, I think, I mean, I also want to mention the end where basically, uh, because I was very convinced that it was going to end with Winston being killed Um, yeah i expected some death as well to be honest i think i still think it weird that they didn't just kill him off but the way it ended ended made it even more creepy exactly i i was just gonna say i thought that because it ends in a way that winston and also julia are completely brainwashed and the last sentence of the book is winston saying or saying i love big brother and 
saying I love the regime and I thought first I thought like oh how good that at least he didn't die but then my second thought was well this is almost worse yeah yes I I find it way worse yeah because the way the regime uh O'Brien gives him a very he is O'Brien has a sort of villain James Bond villain um scene where he basically explains everything to Winston sort of lays his dark cards on the table and is like this is what we've got planned for humanity and it's basically just erasing anything that is personal individual um having your own thoughts and basically you they just want you to be a lemming following following the regime and with no joy friendship love family all of those things, everything that makes you human, I would say, being taken away from you. So that brainwashing of Winston then essentially becoming this is worse than death, I would argue. And on that (laughs) joyful note, (laughs) happy days. Um, Yeah, Um, this was a good discussion though. I'm glad that again, I know that we like kind of like... (laughs) toot our own horn every time but I think that's why it's important to like talk about books that you've read with other people because it's just this was definitely one that I wouldn't have liked to have like sit in my brain without talking about it so yeah I'm glad we got that out so that is it yeah um I think as always follow us on Instagram (laughs) no just kidding um but actually like do (laughs) Tell us if you have read it, what you have thought of it and um, how you have enjoyed it or kind of your thoughts on 1984. And yeah. Yeah, because I feel like that one is one that you could discuss forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Analyze all of these different uh, animals. (laughs) Elements, all of those different elements. Yeah. Um. I was already thinking in my head about Animal Animal, Farm. Yeah. And now I want to read. (laughs) Same. Um, So um, next week we're going to be, or for next week, we're going to be reading uh, The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway, which is a a very much classic, I think. Um, Or as classic as (laughs) you can... It's a very much classic. (laughs) Or as as like... much classic. It's much amazing. (laughs) I think, or like as stereotypically classic as you can get um yeah so yeah hear yeah you next week yeah and uh, yeah again um connect with us on instagram so we can surveil you digitally yes. <laughs> good old 1984 style <laughs> love it um but yeah and until then uh, we hope that you have a good calm week um and yeah hear you next week yes bye bye speak to you then bye bye